Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Airbuds Podcast. Uh, it's the podcast is on. It's it's in your phone and it's happening. Uh, they I'm said we up. couldn't do it. They literally they said, said we that. wouldn't. They said we we should stop. Yeah, most people say we shouldn't do it. It's not that we can't. It's that people prefer us not to. People keep asking us to stop. Yeah. Oh, you're still doing that? That's what I hear every day from my wife. Happy basketball, everybody. This yeah, is a podcast about basketball. Look, I'm gonna get some business out of the way because we got a guest. We got a good guest. Uh oh, you know, look, we're on a we're on a run of respectable guests these days. Uh so let me get some business out of the way and then we uh we'll jump right in. Uh go to patreon.com slash airbudspod to support the buds, five dollars a month. Get you bonus episodes, get you access to our Discord, get you uh, access to uh, Jamel's recommendations of pizza shops in the Washington, D.C. area. Is that a part, like, that dude probably owes us an extra dollar for that, right? Like, we never once said we would tell you where to eat pizza. Um, that's, Well, you, that's d- true. you didn't tell him where to eat steak. You passed well, from that. You refused to, to mention where. steakhouses. Jamel Johnson in D.C. isn't a steakhouse guy. Yeah, you're a socialist. Come on. Exactly. I'm not eating steaks. I'm on the move. <laughs> Patreon.com slash AirBudsPod. And look, if you can't support us that way, go to uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Click five stars. Leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And you know what? Tell a friend about the AirBuds. Just or tell don't. a friend. Or don't. Or don't. I don't care. Yeah. No. Steal their phone. <laughs> And subscribe to our podcast. Go through you your girlfriend's phone and add the earbuds. When you're going through your girlfriend's phone, you know, looking for reasons to be upset, just also, you know, <laughs> like the earbuds podcast at the same time. 
quick well, question. Like, way, yeah. Are you stepping into the phone under the assumption that you're going to be upset? I think the only reason to look at someone else's phone is because you're trying to find a reason to be mad. Fair. Otherwise, it's yeah, like that's I, I don't I don't know. I would never look through Deborah's phone. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, we're looking for a fight. <laughs> is what you're saying, uh, guys? We got a great guest, guys. Again. Another respectable guest for the Airbuds. What's happening to us? Are we becoming an actual well, serious? Don't say, don't say respectable. Say real. Like tell them that this it's, man has it's an real. advanced degree. We've never had a college graduate on here before. Well, we did last week, I think. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he went to law school. He went to law school at <laughs> yeah. least. Yeah, uh, Peter graduated. Did he? Mike, you graduated musical, right? musical theater school. I I graduated from Temple University with a journalism That's degree. That's a real school, count. man. Bill Cosby used to hang out there. <laughs> yeah, it only made exactly. the case worse. <laughs> oh, Guys, yeah, looks, okay. Absolutely. We have a uh, he. He's a former comedy writer uh, turned therapist. Uh, he just put out a new book called "Dude, Where's My Catharsis?" Catharsis. Uh, love that excellent punny title. He's a six foot, one hundred seventy five pound forward out of the University of Texas. Please welcome Phil Stark. Hello, hello. Thank you. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Great introduction. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, before we we jump in, because uh, I want to hear all about dude, where's my catharsis? But just want to acknowledge uh, the the reason why you named your book that is because you wrote uh, what is a seminal film in my life, dude, where's my car. I'm I'm not sure what that says about you, but uh, it's certainly clear what it says about me. I wrote that movie, and it was a 20-year plan to set up my eventual transition to becoming a therapist so that I could write this book. Fucking nailed it. Carthasis. Yeah. So that, ideally, the big plan is that children years from now will see this movie called Dude, Where's My Catharsis? Car, excuse me, Car. Sorry. Dude, Where's My Car? And they will say... Um, wow, that's like that book. <laughs> Do you worry that a patient is going to like learn that you wrote Dude, Where's My Car? And then like look at your relationship differently? Well, I'm not worried. You know, it's happened. I don't tell my clients so much about that when we meet. But in my uh, my promotional material and all everything at me online, mm-hmm. it, it's no secret. So I, I've had clients who had no idea. I've had clients who want to know what Ashton Kutcher is really like. Um, uh, but nobody has not taken me seriously because of, uh, me writing that movie, which, uh, I'm thankful for. I have a lot of questions about the, uh, giant alien woman. This is a podcast about basketball, so I'm going to wait. Why, why, no, I don't think you have to wait. Did you that write, that, <laughs> did you write the words? That's a huge bitch. <laughs> You yes, know, that, or did they, or did they improv that? That's probably an ADR additional dialogue replacement. Oh, okay. uh, so I can't take credit for that. Um, but uh, I'm glad that uh, that was a moment that I think you appreciate or at least remember. Oh, 100 percent. You nailed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me ask. Uh, I have a friend who's actually uh, if, if you guys, if our listeners are not aware, Phil also uh, you wrote on that 70s show, which is. Uh, mm-hmm for a long time um i have a friend that is currently writing on that 90s show or i guess i guess that room just wrapped recently but uh yeah. he vo- volunteered to me just randomly this week i was at a soccer game with him 
uh, and he just was like, oh yeah, my like my boss was like talking about, uh, you know, one of the writers uh, on on the old that seventy show wrote uh, wrote Dude Was My Car, and he said that the 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 boss said that the original like Dude Sweet scene was five pages long. At Is least. that true? <laughs> At least. Well, in writing that script, you know, back then it was read, you know, it wasn't read digitally, you know, it was actually printed up and read. Yeah. And, and the point of uh, uh, that particular brand of comedy, that repetitive kind of comedy, like it gets funny and then not funny and then really funny and then not funny. And then you have to sort of time that right. And the experience of turning over the page got to be important for me because after about four pages, I wanted a reader to be like, okay, Clearly, this next page is not going to be the same joke for five. <laughs> and I wanted them to turn the page and look at the whole thing and then fucking turn the next page and just keep skipping to see when it ended. So that had a little bit to do with the specific uh, reading experience. But let's just say it was a very long scene. Yeah, it's hilarious. And I love that. Yeah, that's a, that's a very thoughtful way of being like, all right, I'm thinking about the experience of reading this, not just the content of the page. It I, works on many levels. Yeah, that movie. yeah. Um, well, tell us about Dude, Where's My Cartharsis? Um, well, Dude, Where's My Cartharsis is a friendly and engaging guide to talk therapy. Um, uh, I transitioned from uh, screenwriter to therapist over the course of, you know, three, four, five years of deciding graduate school training. But I always intended to write something. And so I was always writing this book. Now, the book is 50 short chapters, each of which contains a, a, a metaphor or a, a topic or a thought about therapy, something that we sometimes talk about with my clients about understanding depression or anxiety or different emotions and psychological concepts. Um, and uh, I had been writing it the whole time and eventually sort of figured out what the book was really going to look like, put it all together. And um, it's essentially a book for people who are curious about or just getting into therapy and um, want to learn a little bit more about it. Damn, well, thanks. Is this something I should like take to my therapist and kind of demand that they also read it with me to like better deepen our that's our relationship? Are, are you in therapy, Peter? Do you mind if I ask? Um, I do mind, and I am in therapy. <laughs> um, well, um, you know, I think that a clinician, a therapist, would might read this book and recognize a lot of the concepts. Um, I think. A, a client might read it and, and, and not be familiar with some of these and might sort of know inherently or subconsciously what we're talking about, but enjoy seeing it on the page. Um, that being said, I would encourage you to buy the book and, and then maybe have your therapist buy the book um, and then maybe have a spirited discussion about a particular okay. chapter that resonated. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Peter, I'm sure I'm sure your therapist uh, is looking for reasons to uh, to, to bond and spend time with you outside of the, the hours that you pay them. No, like, but Mike, like, my therapist's different. Like, we're friends. Like, we, I think we're on like a different level. You know? Yeah, Phil. Let me ask you. Actually, that's a, that's an interesting topic. Uh, I I'm uh, I, I'm currently seeing a new therapist, and you know, it's always kind of like, um, you know. Uh, I'm on like my fourth date with them, you know, and like, mm-hmm. the, like mm-hmm. still feeling out the vibes. What is it re- from your perspective? What's a reasonable like amount of time to like, see if like this patient therapist mm-hmm. relationship works. Cause I'm not sure I'm on the mm-hmm. fence a little bit about this guy. Well, Hopefully he doesn't listen. Uh, I'm glad you brought up that sort of date aspect. Cause I often compare it to a relationship dating relationship. And you know, you might get set up by a mutual friend. You got to meet this therapist. He's great. You're going to love him. 
And then you have a consultation, perhaps a 30 minute kind of getting to know you, which is meeting for coffee. And um, uh, if you like each other after that, learn a little bit about each other, you might want to have a first date. Now, you might not want to have that date at a very nice restaurant. You might want to go a little low key. You might want to do a little you know, sort of, um, you know, sweet green kind of thing. You don't want to go to Dantana's right away. Um, and the relationship can grow from there because the most important thing I think for a client in terms of finding a therapist is that relationship. You want to find somebody who you like, who you vibe with, not somebody who is a particular practitioner of a, of a, a particular approach so much, which is important, but it's really the, the relationship. So to answer your question, I would say if it feels right, do it. I mean, sometimes at that coffee date, you know right away that you're not going to take this person out to dinner. And sometimes you think you might not, but they can grow on you. And sometimes it's love at first sight. So it sounds like you're you're still sort of feeling it out. Yeah. Well, I had a I was in a I was in like a very uh, long therapist relationship for like maybe like six years or so, uh, and then uh, didn't work for a year. So I lost my WGA insurance and mm-hmm. <laughs> stopped seeing her. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so now, yeah, I'm like kind of uh, been trying to find a new one. I don't, this is this is so personal, and this is going on the main feed. We're not. This is just for the Patreon. <laughs> Take keep it easy, going, Mikey. Keep doing it. Go deeper. Well, let me ask you a question, sir. When do I need to get into the daddy issues with the therapist? <laughs> is it on me, or should the therapist be like, "All right, man, what did that do to you, man? Father. Yeah, what the fuck happened?" <laughs> or do I need to be like, "All right, so." Well, that's interesting. I mean, I think in general, it sounds like what you're asking is like, when should I bring up some topics that I feel like I really need to talk about? Um, and uh, some therapists might sort of want to encourage you or draw that out. Um, personally, I like to ask questions and sort of feel it out and see if that's something worth worth discussing. Some, some things like when you say daddy issues, I'll just extrapolate to sort of like bigger issues that you might not have talked about that are maybe the reasons why you seek therapy. And I try to sort of feel out the clients and uh, sometimes you might ask and uh, get a quick answer and sort of change the subject and then, you know, maybe give it, let it breathe a little bit, maybe bring it up again. Sometimes clients will touch on something that really personal and serious in one session and then quickly change the subject. And then the next week they might come in at the beginning and be like, you know what, I, I want to talk about this because they just need that time to sort of dip their toes in the water and get used to it. I'm dipping my toes right now. Okay, good. good, good. <laughs> Phil, uh, I as as I as I told you before the podcast, you, you've got a we. I mean, Peter, the Cavs won a championship in 2016, but I feel like sure we, did. We that was the only moment you were ever happy uh, in your entire <laughs> life. Uh, I, I watched yep, this Peter, my marriage or the birth of my child. I mean, those Correct. are great too, but you, you were on your knees crying and in the roost, the dirtiest bar in Los Angeles. Um, oh, uh, listen, just, my wife saw a video. We met after the Cavs won the championship, but she saw a video of me reacting to them winning and um, was literally uh, distraught with how <laughs> insane I was when they won. Um, also, she never seen me jump that high too. My feet were probably about... <laughs> 30 inches off the ground. I think that might've been the only time I've seen you jump. Me too. <laughs> Mazel tov, by the way, that was an amazing comeback. Uh, Thank LeBron you. Carry that team it was fucking misfits. All of them. And uh, it's amazing that they won. That it was amazing. Great. Season. Honestly, the tone and tenor of this entire podcast changed after they won. Um, this used to be a much angrier 
Well, for me at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, well, that 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 was my point. Uh, despite the championship, we both, all three of us, kind of uh, are are fans of uh, very loserish teams and franchises. Uh, you know, Sixers obviously uh, have been defined by losing uh, on purpose for the better part of this decade. Uh, Cavs, you know, uh, other than that championship, uh, haven't been great. The Wizards, Jamel, uh, how, how would you classify the Wizards? Um, meaningless. Yeah, meaningless is what I would say. (laughs) Inept is not necessarily true. More meaningless than inept. Um. So I guess uh my my question, Phil, is uh can you can you fix us? Can you do basketball (laughs) therapy on us? You know that's interesting. I've never really thought about uh we'll just call them uh uh non-winning franchises to be uh correct about that maybe. (laughs) Um, but it's interesting how. How many winning franchises are there really currently? Well, there's franchises where at least you can look at the management and say, these guys are going to do right by us. They're going to make the right choices, you know. Um, But signing Bradley Beal to that contract and not trading him and starting over, Jamel, I don't want to get you worked up there, but like that's just sort of a nail in the coffin or a, a weight. In, in the, uh, behind, uh, behind your ankle. It's okay. Use whatever I'm, metaphor you want, but yeah. No, it's fine. They all work. Thank you. <laughs> Stones in your pocket. Um, but there's an interesting uh, idea there. In fact, you know, I'm thinking eventually maybe there's a chapter in my next book about that in that some franchises are such a history of losing that the fan base starts to sort of take solace in it and expect it and it becomes self-perpetuating in the same way that sometimes a client might be used to being depressed or feeling ashamed or failing and they start to expect that and it manifests and that becomes how they define themselves. I am a Browns fan and I really cannot think of a fan base across any of the major sports that needs collective therapy more. Um, Mm -hmm. It is a self um, fulfilling prophecy every time they make any decision on or off the field. Um, Mm -hmm. And really it's like, the whole experience is just um, people who have been damaged for generations. Mm-hmm. That, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't even know if they have the emotional capacity to actually even fix anything at this point. You have the drive, the fumble, and uh, the the massage. Now, massage the massages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the thirty-eight of them. Oh, yeah. I wish it was one. <laughs> and that's why I don't mind being a Wizards fan. It's like. The worst thing that happened with our team is uh, Gilbert Arenas was playing around with guns. <laughs> That's the worst thing that has happened in the entirety of the franchise. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael Jordan ruined one 18-year-old's confidence. That's like <laughs> almost nothing. That's like almost nothing compared to the grand scale of sports-related travesties. This it's is very it's, positive, Jamel. You 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 really processed this in a healthy way. Yeah, dude, I've been through this already a million times, dog. You think, yeah. I, you think I don't know what therapy is? Of course, I've been to therapy. <laughs> Listen, man, I don't care that they don't win. Here's my problem: everybody around me is like, "Oh, stop watching the Wizards! Don't you want to watch a team win?" Like, what if I don't? <laughs> what about my needs? Mm-hmm. You feel me? 
Phil, historically, historically, Jamel's uh, biggest goal for the Wizards is to be a seven seed. <laughs> That's what he wants for them. They, <laughs> that makes me feel comfortable. Seven seed, we're in the playoffs. Well, I feel like the play-in was invented. The play-in was invented for franchises like Washington. Thank you. That's how I felt. I felt like it was. And, and how's your experience in the play-in been so far, Jamel? I mean, you know, Maso Menos, it's up and down. We, we got in there one time, and then we uh, got out of there a couple other times. It's fine. Decided it wasn't for you. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but as for the Sixers, they – I don't think there's more of a self-sabotaging team. I think they are addicted to failure or they're afraid to win. Or or shoot in some cases. Or shoot, yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, they're not afraid to uh, shoot tweets off uh, about their own players fucking – Remember Burnergate? Burnergate was the craziest moment in history for me, I think. Well, let me ask you this, Benner. What? I, I'm also a licensed therapist. Is <laughs> So the Sixers are a self-sabotaging organization and have been since the 40s or whenever. Yeah. Is this a part of the reason why you don't like saying nice things about yourself? Ooh, yeah, let's go. Let's Honestly, I think I think there probably is something to being a Philadelphia fan and 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 having Phil. That I know you just got here. Yeah. Banner hates saying nice things about himself. <laughs> if you say anything nice about him, he loses. Oh yeah. Him. Oh, it's really bad. <clears throat> I told mm-hmm. him he like I was like when we we had a picnic or some shit, and I was like, you know, hey dog, nice salad, nice summer salad. I like those. I like those little <laughs> strawberry slices you put in there, and he like. He like threw the salad on me. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Well, first of all, let, let me say I love strawberries in a salad. That's a little hack of my youth. Just That's a little bit. It's enough definitely. to be like, oh, there's something in there. Um, but uh, that makes sense. You know, if you if you have the number one pick and you're really excited about it and then you trade back and you get your guy or, or you have to trade up. I'm sorry. That was they were number three and they had to trade up to get your guy. And you're really excited. And then he turns out that he can no longer shoot the basketball. And not only did you they might- trade up, Phil, just like it, like they traded up for no reason. Markel Fultz would have been there at number three. Mm-hmm. Danny Ainge did some fucking like Mormon like, magic and magic mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. tricked the Sixers into giving him shit for free. It, crazy. Mm-hmm. Which happened right? Was it right after they fired my guy from Houston? Right. He that guy would he never would have made that trade. Who's that guy? Uh, I don't. The, the, uh, the Maury. GM. Maury. Yeah. No, 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 no. The uh, guy Maury, who there came now. up yeah. came up under Maury in Houston. Presti? Oh, Hinky, 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 He did such a good job of losing, but in a healthy way, right? Not in a like we're, we're trying uh, and we're going to win. And, and he acknowledged this is the, the process and did such a great job of stockpiling those draft picks. The, the season after he goes, the new GM. I, I don't know who it was makes this trade that he never would have made and sort of short-circuited a lot of that work. Um, you know, Phil, I forgot for a moment that Sam Hickey was a Houston guy, that he came up under Maury. Yeah. And it is so very much the Sixers to fire Sam Hickey and then two years later hire the more expensive Sam Hickey in Daryl Maury. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, the, and then bring in the rest of the Houston Rocket roster. Yeah. 
Well, you're a Rockets fan. We haven't even mentioned that yet, Phil, right? You're, yeah, well, as you yeah. mentioned, University of Texas. Uh, you have very passionate mm-hmm. feelings about the 94 Rockets. Yeah, back-to-back, 94, 95. And I have mm-hmm. to say, Peter, I felt a lot like you did before the Cleveland Law. We had a lot, a lot of you know, 81, 86, uh, a lot of getting close. And uh, that moment when they won that first championship was cathartic. Let me ask you, is it, um, uh, is it still riding with you? You know what? When I need a boost, when I'm feeling low, when I want to to make myself feel better, I think about Akeem spinning around Ewing and dunking it. You know, I, I think about yeah. Yes. It, it, it makes me feel. I'm getting tingles. Um, my my hair standing up on my arms right now. When I am sad, I will go back to YouTube and watch the last um, ten minutes of real time. Uh, Probably the four block. minutes of game time the, the, the block just, oh. of no one scoring, of no one scoring for uh, quite literally uh, mm-hmm. the last five minutes of the game. I think there were maybe six points in the last five minutes of that game. That's called self care. Yes, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now we're cooking. Shall we? Now, uh, Mike, I, I, I'm. I wish that you might eventually find a moment that you can use <laughs> in this way. Um, you know, if the Sixers had had gone uh to the finals I, I i would have been able to look back at that uh that that joel and b turnaround three-pointer to force overtime um against the raptors uh mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. if the sixers had done better that might have been that might have gone down as like one of the greatest moments in basketball history but because you know they didn't make the finals nobody gives a shit yeah but they did also i mean in hindsight we could, I think it's easy to say now, like, Maury, no matter what happens, won the Ben Simmons-James Harden trade. Can't you say? Just given where emotionally it seems like Ben Simmons is. Can you win a thing? If, like, I think it's more like he constructed a plan to destroy the Nets. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's fair to say that, that I, I would not want Ben Simmons on my team. I mean, I don't. I mean, for all his defensive, you know, prowess and this fact that he's a facilitator and big guy and you can run the break, I, I don't want that guy on my team. Uh, it's like seeing Kyler Murray on the sideline in that playoff game against the Rams, looking like he just wants to be anywhere else. Like I, I don't want that guy leading my team. But uh, I was really impressed that Harden, when we renegotiated his contract, made all that space so they could sign Eddie House. Uh, I, I, maybe he's got a sweetheart deal, a collusion kind of thing where he's going to get a bigger extension. But I, I, okay, Mike, uh, you know, low expectations, but I really like the Sixers right now. I like them as well. There's part of me uh, that is a little worried that, like, we're depending on a 37-year-old P.J. Tucker and a kind of, you know, Wash. is Daniel House good or bad? I don't know. But, like, uh, you know, I, I like us better now, and I think I will love us more when we get rid of Tobias Harris, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, although he was the best player for them in the playoffs. I was about to say that indeed. you said that pretty casually for someone who you guys relied on during playoff games. I would prefer not to have to rely on Tobias Harris to win playoff games. Well, that's like saying you wish you had a different dad. I mean, I would, you know, you only get one dad, fool. Oh, Jamel's bringing up the daddy issues again. Yeah, again. Yeah, I'm just saying, I just, once again, I, just, I mean, what's up? You tell us, man. 
What's up? I, I didn't say anything. What do you mean? No, I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing comedy over here. <laughs> Speaking of daddy uh, issues, uh, Bronny James expected to go to college. She's not going to go the the G League route. That that news broke today. Uh, <clears throat> would you guys want to play in the NBA with your own dad? Probably not. Probably I not. I want to play with the him. rest of this episode. I, maybe not. <laughs> My dad's funny. Yeah, your dad's pretty chill. Do you want to like interesting? What's such an interesting scenario? Like just you know, from a therapy background, just thinking about the relationship between fathers and sons and how much that can guide us and affect us, both in the things we like and don't like, and what we do or we're afraid of doing. But to think that you've got to fucking play with this guy. Uh, and I it's mean, LeBron James. It, it's it not just itself. like it's. I hope yeah. that they've already written the script and are ready. To put that package oh. out when he gets closer to signing. Oh, of course. Yeah. Dude, Spring Hill Entertainment I, already. Open writing assignment for sure on that. Remember mm-hmm. a few months ago when I said Bronny should go to college and you guys looked at me like I was crazy? Well, particularly it was Benner. I don't think Peter did that. But no, Benner I wasn't was paying like, attention. Yeah, Benner, Peter was like... Uh, Peter was, he was on DraftKings. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was signing his baby up for DraftKings. <laughs> Benner was in my ass like why would you do that why would you do it if you could go to the league I'm like because your dad's already in the league how can I differentiate myself from this man there's no way other than going to college well Jamel you 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 I've come around on it because I I'm looking at it now and and seeing it oh because Bronny like, said he's doing it well no I think maybe you just convinced me because you're you're my friend and I listen to you oh oh shit I wasn't expecting you to <laughs> say some nice shit to me. But it's like, it's so weird to be like, I want it. Like LeBron is so vocal about like, I want to play on the same team as my kid. And it's like, Bronny's NBA career will never be his own. Cause it's going to be defined by the fact that LeBron played with him. Like mm-hmm. he's going to have to be better than LeBron to like yeah, outshare yeah. outweigh that. Yeah. That playoff oh. game's going to happen, and the, the ball's going to swing around to Bronny, and he's open, and his dad's calling for the ball in the post, and what is he going to do? Shoot. Shoot it. Your dad's watching. Right, record scratch. You might be wondering how I got into this situation. <laughs> yeah. I think we're just writing this movie now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if he, go, if he goes to college and makes one Final Four, you don't even got to win the bitch. If you make one Final Four, that's immediately like, okay, Bronny – put his stamp on college. LeBron didn't do that. We don't have any LeBron in college stats. He's Did the LeBron only James. By the way? No, I don't think he's uh, picked it up yet. So it's just kind of sitting out there? I think he's waiting to see if the Lakers are going to fix themselves. Can he go? Oh, I forget what the draft rules. Can he go straight to the Lakers? He have to do one year of the G League or, or one year of college. It's either one year of college or one year in the G League Ignite team. So he can't go right to the league? No. I think he'd be more G League. I think they're That's the other expecting thing. that to be removed in the next year's next CBA. CBA. Yeah. yeah if but, you're um, LeBron's kid, you also can't go to the G League. You're the you're the son of the king. Now you're in the G League with the plebes, with the with the dude who uh keeps getting DUIs in China. You feel me? <laughs> like come on. That's a good point. I never really even thought about it like that. Like like yeah, he he would probably prefer to go to college and outshine uh, other children rather than like you know having to like share a hotel room with a twenty eight year old. Yeah, guy. a grown man who wants yeah. his father dead. 
They're going to try to kill him if he goes to the G League. He's going to get hacked. Every yo, you can't the the uh, the 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 Fort Wayne Mad Ants are shooting up against Bronny. They're going to yeah, try to murder him. Yeah, Jeremy Lin's going to try to punch him in the face when they play each other. Is Jeremy Lin in the G League? No, he was for a little while. Wasn't he on the the Warriors G League team? He only so. did that so he could show off his new braids. He just needed to get the, the press up on his braids. Yeah. And, and it looked tight. It looks really good. No, for sure. Phil, now you, uh, you've you been playing basketball with your kid, you were, you were mentioning. Um, I I am a hoops head. I've been playing my whole life. Uh, I recently tore my Achilles in my old man game. Eesh. Oh, my gosh. My uncle just did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Wait, oh, so you man. guys – is Phil, are you Peter's uncle? <laughs> Wait, Phil, are you Jamel's dad? <laughs> Wait, dad? I'm I'm starting to question my basketball mortality, and, I, and I'm okay with it. Like, I don't no desire to get back on the court. But in my, my old man game, my Sunday game, which I've been playing for years, I was able, after the pandemic, to play with my son, who went from, like, you know, five whatever to six feet over the course of a year and got to play with him, and it was amazing. And now I get to see him learning how to play pickup and going down to the park and, you know, able to having, I've sort of showed him how to, how to get a game, how to get in the game, how to pick a team, how to shoot, what to say. And now he's loving it. He basketball is a metaphor for cultural uh, you know, interaction and, and, and just being with people and cooperating and competing. I, I miss that part of it, but I'm seeing my son do it and learn it. So I'm sort of experiencing it anew through his eyes. You think your kid's going to uh, go to college, play some ball there? He's hoping to become a therapist while I'm still a therapist so that we can be <laughs> a first father-son therapist team. Wow. What, are the, what are the ethics of a father and son being both each other's oh, it's, clients it's, it's, and it's doctor? It's completely unethical. Yeah. In fact, the say, idea that he would skip college to, to go right to therapy is, is I think, illegal. Well, we'll see how the new therapy sure. CBA comes out in a couple of years. Yeah, you right. know? I'm pushing for uh, decertification of uh, that master's degree, much less the whole four year bachelor's. So, as you do, we'll see. What is the like G League of therapy? Is it like guidance counselors at high school? <laughs> well, the G League actually, the G League of therapy is um, training sites. So to be more serious, you know, there's graduate school. You get your 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 master's in psychology, and then. You spend a year, sometimes two years, at a training site where you provide free or low-cost healthcare for people in return for uh, the experience. So that's sort of the G League, and uh, I, I, I was in the G League, and then I was ready to make the leap, and I, I made the leap, and no looking back. It was the right decision for me. And now you're little Brown James of therapy. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I'm happier <laughs> to hear you say it. <laughs> it's always nicer when someone else anoints you. Yeah, exactly. Is there a therapy, LeBron? Is there a name where you're like, oh, I gotta be Dr. Phil? Well, there's you know, there's the Co- <laughs> Bob Cousy, you've got Freud, you know, there's there's Bill Russell, you have Jung, you know. Uh then you have the sort of the, the, the new breed, you have Carl Rogers, who's sort of the Stockton, maybe. Um, yeah, there's the Pantheon. There's Bill Simmons is do, because Bill Simmons he's, is doing he's, a, he's a big book on therapy. Yeah, did he did he storm the Capitol on January sixth? <laughs> is that why he's Lex Doctrine? <laughs> um, I would, I would literally feel rather die than read a Bill Simmons book about therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would have to be constantly updated. It'd probably be yeah. better as a podcast, honestly. Yeah. Just, 
comparing mental health to like the babes on Baywatch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the pyramid of psychology. Yeah. Yasmin Bleef is the best front court therapist I've ever seen. <laughs> and you can't compare therapists from different different generations. It's so hard. You can't compare <laughs> Freud to Rogers. I mean, you know, they didn't have typewriters back. It's a different then. game, yeah. Yeah. Hand checking they hand checking. Right, right. However, you no, check uh, your clients. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to th- think of the equivalent of the three point line for therapy. Yeah. I would say it's probably just like now. Does that feel similar to something how you feel about your dad? And then you like s- sit back and then yeah, they didn't, you know, they didn't have people's mind get blown. That's like they, that's grading a three. They didn't have these great antidepressant drugs back when uh, Ooh, Young was yeah. working with people. Oh, is, How much is, is it easier ball. now? Is it just easier for therapists now because they can have their clients be on SSRIs? I mean, Zoloft it's is it's a just the HGH of, uh, right. of the brain. Yes, yeah. exactly. Performance-enhancing yeah. drugs. It's clear, clear similarities. Eckhart Tolle never had to go against Akeem Olajuwon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Phil, how are you feeling about your Houston Rockets? Because uh, they're kind of in a in a, a, a I don't know the doghouse right now. I don't, I don't know. No, I'm very happy. I think they bottomed out in a great way. I was happy to root for them to lose, and uh, I, I like Jalen Green. I really would have liked to see him take Mobley the year before, but they got this guy Sangoon, Shangoon, who I love, and I think maybe I love too much because this year. Third pick. Sort of bummer watching the lottery. Got the third pick. I didn't want the first pick. Would have rather had the second pick. And when they were going to pick Paolo, I was excited. But he he's this sort of front court facilitator, just like Shangun, who I love maybe too much. He's clearly better than him. But I talked myself into it, and I was ready. Um, now that they got um, – what's his name? The kid from Auburn. Jump in. So Jabari. Oh, Jabari. oh Jabari yeah. Smith. Now they yeah. got yeah. Jabari. Yeah. I love because he really plugs right in as a forward with a shooter, playing defense. He doesn't need the ball. He's not a passer. He's a receiver. I think he really slots in great, and I'm so excited. And the rest of their draft was awesome. Tariq Eason, he's a monster. And Ty Ty that they got when they picked up when they traded Wood to Dallas, I think he could be a backup, like instantly seeing backup a point guard, playoff guard. Uh, I'm very excited, but I want to see what Steven Silas's offensive system is going to be like. I loved watching the Mavs play, and they, they had a very really clear offensive system with a lot of backdoor action and off-ball and cuts and screens, and it wasn't just isolation, which was for years all it was about Houston, from Barkley to Harden, just pure isolation. So I haven't seen much on the offensive end, and I'm looking to really see them grow and, and flow a little bit more. But I'm excited. Uh, uh, you were cool with um... – the um, the detainment of John Wall. You were all right with the. Uh... <laughs> he did pretty good in his time in Houston. He, you know, he he made some money and he got healthy, and now he's going to get a shot uh, at the, in, in the L.A. So uh, I think it actually worked out pretty good for him. Yeah, it's true. Actually, when you say it like that, but... I mean, the Wizards and the Rockets are still paying him. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll be paying him for the next like five, six years. Yeah, but it's like you know, who cares? The last guy brought guns to the locker room. So if the next guy, all he did was throw up gang signs, he never had a gun. I think that was a step forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very healthy way to look at it. 
Thank you, dude. I'm healthy. Is it healthy? Uh, is it healthy, Phil? That that Jamel still loves John Wall this much now that he's three teams removed from his Wizards. Well, I would. I I think it's much healthier for Jamel to still love him than to still hate him. Hmm. Never hated him. Well, okay, wait. When he <laughs> fell in his house, I I did hate him. <laughs> I was a little upset when he fell in his house. Did you hate him when you tried to like hang out with him by? DMing his bodyguard and he said no. <laughs> no. I hated that you laughed at me right now. I did hate that. <laughs> I will say that. Um has Eric Gordon been on the Rockets for a hundred years or five years? Because why does it, it feel seems, like he's been there forever? It like seems he, like forever. I mean, I remember, you know, I had Clippers tickets for a long time, and, and he was a sort of, not a revelation on the Clippers, but then, you know, when he went to, I think he went to New Orleans, and he was sort of mm-hmm. in, in limbo. But then, you know, those Chris Paul teams, he was a big part of those teams, not just as a shooter, but playing defense. He's sort of a bulky big guy. And I mean, I'm surprised he's still on the team. I think eventually they've got to get something for him, got to trade him. I'm not sure what the trade deadline or – it feels like they've like held on to him for like too long. Like the shelf life of Eric Gordon like can't be yeah. much longer. I think he's like well, 30, this is the, 30, he's, 30, he's the perfect. Yeah. He's a perfect three and D wing. I mean, not, not a young guy, but he's a perfect shooter off the bench and scorer. And he's been there and he's a professional. He's a good guy. So this is the year they've got a, a whoever down the stretch. You know, he's just going to be a, a nice little ad for a what first round draft right swaps in twenty twenty seven and twenty nine. You know, <laughs> something like that. I really wanted the Cavs to give up a first for him last year. I thought that was that really would have helped them mm. get into the get out of the play in game. I, I think he's he's gonna make he's he's gonna make another team very happy. Yeah. But you're right. Uh you're right, Mike. Uh, this is his shelf life is he's starting to smell a little. Yeah. He's getting a little funky. You mentioned mm-hmm. that you had uh, uh Clippers tickets. Let me ask you this. We 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 had to Clippers tickets for a while. Um mm-hmm. Uh, found it to be, um, you know, shockingly affordable, uh, and also like reeking of desperation. (laughs) Yes. Another franchise with, uh, the specter of loss sort of always in the background. Yeah. How do, do you think, uh, the Clippers, cause you know, they're, they announced that they're going to be building that new arena in, in South LA. Um, (laughs) will anybody care? <clears throat> and will will they ever will will LA ever like the Lakers? Do you think? I mean, I'm sorry, well, the Clippers. Well, you know, there was that that year. Uh, it was Lob City where they sort of took over the town a little bit. Uh, of course, that fell apart. But uh, you know, this is the year now. Paul G and Kawhi healthy after that crazy trade that really sort of kicked off these crazy trades, mm-hmm. just mortgaging the future kind of trades. But you know, that I think. They're a little bit under the radar, but uh, on the other hand, people I think expect if they have a healthy team, they got, I think you trade for Norman Powell. Like, they're sort of stacked. They're really deep. Um, yeah, this is their year. yeah, exactly. That's the missing piece. They do kind of drop off a little bit. Once you get past the Norman Powell and you start getting into the the Zubach and the Luke Kennard, you start to wonder, do they have the depth? But uh, Oh, yeah, Luke Kennard's on the squad. Yeah. I forgot. Hey, but, man, that's the $60 million man. Don't... <laughs> right? Luke Kennard, I mean, I uh, yeah, he finessed. A, that might be like the most overpaid player in the NBA, I think, for his productivity. That is- I mean, second only to uh, who was the center for uh, for the Cleveland on on that run, and then he signed with the Lakers for that ridiculous contract. Big, big European oh. dude. Oh, Timothy Mozgov. 
Yeah, Moscow. It's Moscovian contract now. That's they refer to those as Moscovian. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Yeah, no, he he made Enos Cantor look like Clyde Drexler the way his contract. Ooh, uh, deep cut. I <laughs> love that. He, wow. he became unplayable. He was the pinnacle of like, oh, we cannot play a, a big man like this who can't get outside them. But LeBron the dragged him through that series, man. And LeBron dragged him to that contract. If, if, yeah. if, if, he, if he didn't ride LeBron's coattails to a championship, mm-hmm. he does not mm-hmm. make a, a billion dollars off the Lakers. Let me ask you something. Where do you – is is plastic surgery healthy? <laughs> like, wait, like if I'm Luke Kennard – and a team just gave me $60 million for no reason. And I'm Luke Kennard. And I know that I'm not worth $60 million because I'm a stupid piece of shit. And I know that about myself because I'm Luke Kennard. How do you not immediately go, like, add a chin? You know <laughs> well, you what I'm saying? Plastic, you don't need plastic surgery to do that. I mean, you just need a couple million dollars. Live, or just some pizza. Up. Yeah. Oh, just, okay, I get it. Add some carbs. Because everybody's that- getting fake teeth, like he should, he should do something about how small the features on his face are. <laughs> this is just your long roundabout way of saying Luke Kennard is ugly. Uh, yeah, essentially. <laughs> essentially, is this a Duke? Is this a Duke thing? Is this like a maybe? A, is there a yeah. larger area here we, we should be talking about? Well, Blue Devils in general. Yeah, I got some Duke stuff. I got some Duke. The Duke stuff is kind of in line with the dad stuff. Maybe that's really what we should be talking about, Jamel. Jamel's a devout Christian also, so he hates anything to do with devils. Yeah, Mm. that's first off. The devil is a lie. And second off, I mean, why, why did Coach K have to give all those white kids scholarships? Like... There's so many better point guards in the world. He could have went anywhere in Queens and got somebody better than um, uh, Bobby Hurley. <laughs> well, is there All anything right. else we want to talk about before John we wrap it up here? John Shire got a full ride? Everybody I'm put sorry. in a guess for um, how much money Timofey Mozgov made during his NBA career. We'll go prices Right rolls, and I'll give you a clue – it's above fifty million. Uh two hundred and four million. That's what I'm going. I'm going two hundred million earned over his whole career. Over, total money earned over his whole career is above fifty. We got two hundred and four Jamel. Mike, yeah, I'm gonna let you go a second. Uh are we including international play or just in the NBA? Just NBA. I'm gonna guess a hundred and ten mil. Uh, I'm gonna see I'm gonna go two hundred and five. Man, Phil, the one dollar was right there for you. You just had to pick one dollar. It's eighty-seven yeah. million dollars for Tim. What? Mazzo. That's it? That that's that's pretty. I mean, he was. I mean, that's really good considering. Wow, I how wacky he was at that. How big was that contract? Do you have it in front of you that, that the Laker contract? Uh, the Laker contract. My guess is it was it's somewhere four years, around three four million. Yeah, it was okay. 40, sixty-four okay. million, and then he got traded to. He played it out through the Lakers, the Nets, and the Magic, and then it looks like the Magic cut him or kind of made him a deal where they paid it over three years in dead cap money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this literally is like uh, Luke Kennard did do a Moscovian contract. His contract was also four years. Yeah, but Kennard played now. this year well. Did he? For what you guys think Luke Kennard did, probably. I think so. He was, he was, he had, he's, his game is Kennardian. Yeah, I mean, what else can you really say about it? 
he also, but he also played for a Clippers team that was decimated by injuries. So it's like, how real are those stats? Mm-hmm. When Kawhi and uh, Paul George and John Wall are all healthy and playing, how many shots is Luke Kennard going to get up? Yeah, he's going to do hey. some left-handed clapping. That's going to be his his major contribution. <laughs> He'll still be in that uh, Kyle Korver role. I mean, at least that's what they want him to do. Will he do it? We'll see. Hmm. Well, guys, I'm going to say I got dinner to go to, uh, so we should wrap it up. Phil, is there anything you want to uh, uh, talk about or or plug before we take off? Well, let me plug myself before I plug you guys. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a therapist here in in Los Angeles in private practice. If you're interested in learning more about me and my practice, you can – Google me or just go to starktalk.net. Um, the book, Dude, Where's My Cartharsis? is available on Amazon. Uh, I, I'm loving promoting it on social media. If you Google my name or the book title with a keyword like Facebook or Twitter, you'll find my social media feeds. Uh, it's been really awesome reaching out and promoting mental health. And I especially like coming on podcasts that are not about mental health and talking to people about other subjects uh, and sort of how it relates to mental health. And I love basketball, so it was been a really pleasure to sit and talk with you guys. And I love your podcast, Aww. and uh, I hope it continues t- to blow up. Well, uh, thank thanks, you, uh, and please come back. Um, we'll have to have you back uh, in season so we can uh, talk more about. Um, oh, love you know, to, love to pressing matters yeah, rather than absolutely. And then we can have you on the Patreon so we can talk more about Jamel's dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's a Patreon. Maybe Jamel will get at me off off the uh, podcast, and we can uh, talk more about that. We'll talk for sure. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to the Los Angeles Sparks for playing one of the worst games of basketball I have never witnessed, but tracked in my phone. I had the wings minus four and a half. Uh, guess guess how bad the uh, Sparks got outscored in the second quarter, Peter? Uh, by 15. Ooh, they lost the yes, second quarter 41 more. to nine. Yeah. Uh Ellie Sparks, you are a mess. Uh, please be good. <laughs> Classic Derek Fisher leaving a place worse than when he got there. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Derek mm-hmm. Fisher Sparks. and Liz Cambage combining to destroy a team. It's just, you hate to see it. <laughs> Man, but they won me 600 bucks. Yes. Way to go. Uh, follow us at Airbuds Pod on all social media. Uh, follow Peter at Danger Moses. App, uh, non-profit. Oh, wait, no. Add nothing for Jamel. No, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back, bitch. Add non-profit comic. Add Benner. B-E-N-N-E-R for me. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.